Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Ransom Bello. This uh, morning, we're going to do the Amor series. Are we ready to start? Yeah. Ephesians, Ephesians chapter... Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6 from verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong. Say with me, I am strong. In the Lord. And he moves on to say, and in the power of his might. Then verse 11. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not a flesh and blood matter. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against what? Principalities, against what? Powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So what I want you to know that you're up against is not your mother-in-law in the village. Or your mother-in-law who came to visit you. Or your... It's not a mere human being. You, you're not... A mere human being is not your enemy. The Bible is clear who the enemy is. The Bible says your adversary, the devil... So the adversary is the devil, not a human being. And it's the reason why many superstitious uh, um, beliefs arise from the church because people are made to believe that the enemy is a person. The enemy is not a person. Your enemy is not a human being. The Bible is clear that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. You must be able to distinguish between what is on someone and the person. Because people act by influences, people behave in the way they do because of what is on them. So you must be able to attack that and deal with that. So you are not wrestling against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. The next verse. Therefore... Take up the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. So, it, it's clear in this verse that the purpose of the armor is for you to stand. Okay, so you, why are you, the devil wants to get you in the place where you have to fight. And when you fight... Now, let me explain the context of fighting. The context of fighting here is that you bring yourself to the beginning of what Christ has already finished. You are not supposed to start what he has done. You are supposed to stand on what he has done. So the wrestling is for you to stand what victory he has given to you already. Are you still here? So I am wrestling to stand. I am putting on the armor to stand. That's the point. Because if you are to fight or engage in any battle, you are indirectly saying that the work has not been done. You don't fight for victory. You fight from, from victory. Do we understand that? So let's say that together. I fight from victory. Not for victory. So you are not trying to win the battle. The battle is won already. You are not trying to be in Christ. You already are in Christ. I mean, if, if the faith was you trying to be something, nobody can be it because it takes righteousness to be it. So you couldn't. You couldn't do it by yourself. So here the Bible says, therefore take up the whole armor of... Look at the scripture very well. Though. Take up the whole armor of the believer. What does it say? It says take up... The whole armor of whom? Of God. That ye may be able to what? Withstand in the evil day. The evil day is coming. The evil day is the day of accusation. The evil day is the day where 
You are not you don't feel prepared. That's the evil day. The evil day is when there is a word against you, when there is an accusation against you. That's the evil day. He said, therefore, take up the whole armor of God. Now, can I say something? If you remember the Marvel movies, the one you see this guy, this, uh, what's the name of this guy now? Iron Man. When Iron Man gets behind the armor, do you see his face or you see the iron? So you see the iron. Now, it doesn't matter who is behind it. Right, so it doesn't matter who is behind it because who is behind it takes the appearance of the armor itself. So at that point, the appearance of the man behind the mask is the mask. So when the Bible says put on the whole armor of God, you're not putting your own armor. I want that revelation to enter your spirit. That is not my armor. It's not my armor. It's not your armor. It's the armor of God. So what happens when you wear the armor of God? Who do you look like? I'm going to show you in this armor that everything here is a consciousness. Everything that the armor is about is a consciousness. That you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now let's see verse 14. He says, stand therefore, having girded your waist with, with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So, the, the, let's count them. Number one is what? Truth. Number two is what? The breastplate of righteousness. Then number three is what? Having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Follow me. That's number three. Then number four. Above all, taking what? Shield of faith. That's four. With which you, you, you quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. Then number five. The helmet of salvation. Then number six. The sword of spirit. Now, now, flip back to number one. Flip back to number one. That's the first one. I think that's uh, verse, verse 14, right? If you look at all the armor there, nothing there is for you. Just carefully look at all the armor. There is nothing there that is yours. The truth is not your truth. The truth is his truth. Look at the righteousness there. The righteousness is not your righteousness because it's the armor of God. It is your righteousness. What's the next one? The gospel of peace, it is not your gospel. It is his gospel. Are we together? What's the, what's the, the fourth one? Taking the shield of faith. It is not your faith. <laughs> it is his faith. And I'm going to prove it in the scripture for you. What's the other one? The helmet of salvation. In summary, you didn't save yourself. It is his salvation that he saved you with. So there is no armor that the Bible speaks of that is yours. Everything was given to you. That's why it's the armor of God, not the armor of the believer. So, let me put it in this way. You did not grow up in Christ to walk the armor or configure the armor. You just took the armor and wore it. You didn't mature in Christ, in, in God, to fabricate the armor. No, no, no. You took it. It is his armor. You took it and then you put it on. So let's flip back to the first one. What is the first armor? The first armor is the belt of truth. Say with me the belt of truth. So the Bible says that you put on the belt of truth. Now, you know, if a man wears um, his trousers, shirt, and if he doesn't put a belt, he can't hold his clothes, right? So it is the belt that holds everything together. This belt of truth is what holds the other armors, everything that you're supposed to put on together. That's what holds it together. 
So, what is the belt of truth according to scripture? Let me say by introduction, the belt of truth is not telling the truth in this place. Do you know that all the armor that the Bible describes in Ephesians 7... Now, did I say telling the truth is not good? No, that's not what I said. But I said in this context, that this thing here, they say, having gathered your waste with truth, is not, does not mean telling the truth. Telling the truth is good, but that's not the armor here. That's not the weapon here. The weapon here is the word of truth. And what is the word of truth? It's the word of his grace. So, we'll come to the armor of righteousness, the breastplate of righteousness and everything. But see something. You are in Christ. You are already made righteous. True. Okay? So, you are already righteous in him. Why does the Bible say you put on the armor of the breastplate of righteousness? When you are already righteous in Christ. So, every armor you see here is a consciousness that you can be positionally, but experientially you have no consciousness of. So, the armor means that you have embraced it in your mind that it's a consciousness you move about with. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, the consciousness of the word of truth. Exchange all the armors and put word off in front of them. That's what it is. Because everything is a word. If it is truth, if it is righteousness, if it is faith, if it is um, um, the, the, the gospel of peace, it is the word of truth. It is the word of righteousness. It is the word of faith. It is the word of the gospel of peace or the word of salvation. So every of the armor there is a word of something. It is a word of the armor. Why is it the word of the armor? It is telling you that it is a meditation in your heart. That you have to be conscious of it. Because the evil day will come. This is the reason why we have believers who are defeated. Believers are defeated because they are not putting on the armor. So let me just... Go right into it. First John chapter 1 verse 16 to 17. The belt of truth. First John chapter 1 verse 16 and 17. Verse 16. Now, you know, so let's follow this logic with me. Let me ask you a question. What is the purpose of armor? To protect yourself, Right? Okay, of course you know you know about the uh, Spartan soldiers who has watched 300 here. 300, those guys at the age of 12, they are already built to be soldiers. One chest is like your whole stomach. But you know, with the wideness of their chest, you know what killed them? Arrow, as simple as arrow. The Romans are wiser and they said to themselves, rather than building well-fabricated and built chests that will be exposed, let's fabricate a breastplate to protect ourselves. So the Romans are the ones who started to craft out that armory look of the soldier. So you see the, uh, the Romans with the helmet, you see them with the breastplate, you see them with their shields. And it was in the days of the Romans that Paul wrote this scripture. So he saw a revelation of a Roman soldier and the revelation of the weaponry for the believer came to him. That this is how the believer survives the evil day and tough times. I know you are in Christ though. But if you don't wear armor, you would expose yourselves to attack. So, now this is the point. Why do you wear armor? You wear armor to protect all the vulnerable places in your, in your body. Is that correct? If you have put on the armor, 
What do you think the devil is after? You see, after the part that the armor has covered, or is he after the removing of the armor? I don't know if you are following my conversation. Because if you are without armor, he goes for the vulnerable spot. So, Pastor Victor, please stand up. Where is um, Bassi? Oh, Michael's chest. Don't, don't try Michael's No, where's Peter? Where's Peter? Where's Peter? Yes! <laughs> come, 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 come. In fact, I'm going to use Peter because Peter doesn't need to wear armor. His chest is already armor. Praise God. Wow. You are making every one of us look like we are not men. <laughs> Pastor Victor, come and stand beside me. <laughs> These two people are men. You see? You see? But you know, like I'm teaching right now, it doesn't matter what, it doesn't matter how many days of building this man has built. If Pastor Victor, that has a straight anatomy, wears armor, the armor is going to look like a built chest. Number one, and he wouldn't look like himself. When you wear armor, you don't look like you. So, if he wears the armor, as built as this man is, fit for battle, when arrow comes, hit him. Fall down. When arrow comes and hits this one who is wearing armor, what do you think will happen? The arrow would likely move away, or even if he pierces him, or like a bulletproof, right? Even if he pierces him, it won't kill him. Look at your neighbor and say, where am I? Where am I? Where am I? Don't be strong in yourself. That's the point. Oh yeah, stand up, man of God. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be strong in yourself. Now, let's say this is the enemy. Come to this place so that everybody can see. Pastor Victor. You are elevated. Come forward. Amen. Let's say this is the enemy. Let's say this is the believer. This is the belt of truth. And then this is the breastplate of righteousness that he has won. So the first thing we're dealing with is the belt of truth. I hope you know that if he's not wearing belt... It is easy for the enemy to give a blow to him there. And that's easier for the enemy, right? But if he puts on a belt, what do you think the enemy will try to do? The enemy can't give him a blow yet because he's wearing the belt. Because he's guarded, he's protected. So what does the enemy the purpose of the enemy is to take the belt away. Now, what is this belt? This belt, not First John, John chapter 1, verse 16. John chapter 1, verse 16. John chapter 1, verse 16. He says, and of his fullness... Now, let's all read it together. We have all received what? No, no, no. And of his fullness we have all received. Then comma. And grace for grace. So, stay here. The context is what? Grace. Somebody say grace. What have you received? Shout it loud. What have you received? I can't hear you. My body has been very strong since yesterday, so I may not feel myself, but let's flow together. The Holy Spirit is moving. It's bouncing up and down here. What is the context here? Grace. 
Shout it again. Grace. Good. Now move to the next verse. Talking about grace, it says, verse 17 says, For the law was given through, that is, the law was given. There is a sense of distance from the one who gave and the one who received. You know the Bible says of his fullness you have what received. Then it now says comma. Grace for grace. What have you received? What did they receive? The law. But the way the law came to them is not the way we have received grace. Let me show you. It says for the law was given. You know when somebody brings a gift to you and presents it by hand to you. It's different from when he sends his driver. When he sends his driver, it might be dependent on relationship or the importance. But if he comes by himself, it's honor. Now, the law was given by Moses. You know when Moses said he saw the back of God? That person Moses said he saw, that was God, right? Scripture in the New Testament tells us that the mediator of the law was an angel. That it was through an angel that God actually gave the law to Moses. Nobody has seen God at any time. So when Jesus showed up on the scene, the Bible says that he is the full expression of God. The Bible says in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So, let's see. It says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came. So, what's the difference between giving and came? God sent the law. He flung the law to the people. Okay, if you want law, take law. But when it was time for the dispensation of grace, what happened? God didn't... You have received grace and grace was not thrown to you. Grace came to you. So see what the Bible says. It says that but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Now hear this. Grace and truth are not two different things. Grace is the truth. And truth is the grace of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So truth is the grace of of God and grace is the truth of God. So what is the consciousness that because I told you all the armor is consciousness. Is somebody hear what I'm saying? There is no armor, there's no belt anywhere you're supposed to go and pick up and wear. No, there's no belt anywhere. The belt is in your head. The breastplate is in your head. The helmet is in your head, it's in your mind. The, the, the preparation, the, 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 the sandals, the, the wearing your shutting your feet with the preparation of the gospel is in your mind. So everything is in your mind. Now this truth is, in, is a consciousness in your mind. What is this truth? That God is gracious to you. That's the truth. And what is the grace of God? It speaks of the love of God. It's, so it's not, it's not telling the truth. It is being conscious that he is gracious to me. Hallelujah. So... The truth of God is grace, and the law came by Moses. It is God forsake is, is God not forsaking you in your own inconsistency. Now, what is the attack of the enemy here? So this is let's say this is the enemy, and you are wearing the belt of truth. What is the attack or the nature of the attack on this believer here? That is wearing a belt. This belt means truth. And the truth is the grace of God. And we know the grace of God is the love of God to us. That God loves me all the time. So the attack is anything that tells you that God doesn't love you. That is spiritual attack. It's not having nightmares in your dream. It is those days where you sit down and begin to contemplate if he loves you. Those times, that's what we call spiritual attack. The believer is under attack when he's contemplating if he's loved by God or not. You're under a serious attack. 
Because if you have lost conviction of his love for you, do you know what Paul said? Show me Romans chapter 8, verse 34. Romans chapter 8, verse 34. He said, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died. Let nobody condemn you. Jesus is the one who died for you, not anybody. He says, and furthermore, is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Verse, verse 35. Now, he's, Paul says, who shall separate us? From what? From the love of Christ. The Bible did not say who shall separate you from loving Christ. It's not talking about your love for him. It's talking about his love for you. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? It says who shall separate you from the consciousness of knowing that he loves you. Don't let anything tell you that he doesn't love you. Because the moment that begins to happen, you are under attack. So something happens to you and your default interpretation is, does God love me? If he loves me, why did this happen to me? If God loves me, why did my brother die? You are under attack. Is somebody hear what I'm saying? He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation. It doesn't matter what the tribulation is. So the purpose of tribulation is to separate you from the love of Christ. So when tribulations come to you, don't think it's an attack on your health. Don't think it's an attack on your money. Don't think it's an attack on your body. Don't think it's an attack on the fact that you have unanswered prayers. The attack is the attack on your confidence in his love. So what does the enemy, what does he do? He tries to take away the belt from you. And what is taking away that belt? It is making you forget that he loves you. Because this grace of God is the truth of God. And what is the grace of God? It is the fact that you are beloved by God. Please lift one hand up and say, God loves me. I want you to say it. Say it four times, five times, six times. Just let the, con- let, let, let it, let the consciousness be in your spirit. He loves you all the time. He loves you all the time. He loves you all the time. Do you know every morning when you wake up and you begin to tell yourself, God loves me. Oof. Okay, I know I'm loved. Like you had a bad yesterday, you had a bad night, you had a bad evening before you slept, right? And then you wake up in the morning. Uh, how do you wear? Because the Bible says put on. God will not come and put it on for you. Now you go wear them. So you put it on yourself. And how do you put it on yourself? You begin to... In, in, you begin to induce the consciousness. In that consciousness, you sit it in your mind. He loves me. He loves me. So you don't feel like he loves you, but you have to tell yourself. He loves me. God loves me. God loves me. Oh, I'm loved by God. Oh, I'm loved by God. I'm loved by God. What was the attack on Jesus? This is my beloved son, in whom I'm well pleased. The next thing you see, after the pronouncement of God on Jesus, Satan takes Jesus to the wilderness. In, in Luke chapter 4, right? He takes Jesus, Luke chapter 3 and then chapter 4. He takes him to the wilderness and says, if you are the son of God, turn this stone to bread. You know he omitted if you are the beloved. He did. Satan didn't say if you are the beloved son, turn this stone to bread. He said if you are the son of God. When God said this is my beloved son. So the place where Jesus will start his ministry from is the announcement of his father's love on him. That the confidence to do ministry is knowing that God loves me. How do you have good children? You have good children by letting them know, I love you. Have you seen two children who know, one know he's loved and the other one knows he's not loved? You know they behave differently. One will walk into the room confidently. The other one is not sure if he's even the son. Oh, hallelujah. He loves me all the time, oh. And you know, we don't judge our love. I mean, we don't judge his love for us by the things that happen to us. So that's why the Bible, take me back to that scripture. Take me back to that scripture. Take me back to that scripture. So that's why he says, he says, shall tribulation. He says, shall tribulation. Why are you feeling that because you are a believer, tribulations will not come? Why? You are over-exaggerating yourself. If Jesus was tempted, why not you? Say now that I'm a man in Christ, because I've put on armor, 
It's not because you've put on armor, he's coming to remove the armor. It's logical. You say, now I'm a man in Christ. This is not supposed to happen to me. No, the Bible says that many are there. Many, many. Many, not few, many are the afflictions of the righteous. In fact, the fact that the, 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 the proof that you are in the right path is that you are attacked. Fear the person who is not going through attack. There's nothing to. <laughs> At Pororo, I was watching one, he was giving, he was telling a joke how a man liked a gate and took all his investment, bought gates, didn't build house. The gate, the gate can build house, but he used the money to build gate. And Amrabah saw the gate and said, if this is the way the gate is, the house must be wow. They spent six hours breaking down the gate to see empty land. The owner of the house was sleeping in mats. And then they said to the man, why didn't you tell us that there is no house and you put gates? The man said, if I told you, you would not have believed. Seeing is believing. <laughs> but you know, arm robbers don't go for what is not attractive. By passing through a gate and fence, they know something is in this house. When the devil is looking at you, he knows that you are full of treasures. So when he comes at you, it is prophecy. It's prophecy that the promises are showing forth. That's why he's attacking you the way he's attacking you. He say, oh, pastor, I'm, I'm under attack. It means you're on the right path. Keep on going. Keep on going. You're on the right path. Keep on. It's not strange. The Bible says, count it not strange. When you go through various trials, don't consider it strange. That this one happened to you. After you finish from one, this one happens to you. You know what to do. Focus on the purpose. So that attack is not the purpose of your life. Mm, did you get that? Focus on the goal so that you don't live your life like Joshua who lived his life fighting battles and there was yet more land to conquer at old age. So God said to a man, I've called you to build a house. And on the way to building the house, he saw people attacking him. He dismantles them. Another person comes. He dismantles the person. When he's now 75, that's when he's taking the first brick. That's not your story. That in the midst of the attack, your sensitivity and the fact that you are able to see the purpose for which God called you, you don't lose sight of it, even though you are more than conquerors. So your testimony is not pastor and more than conquerors, and there is no fulfillment of purpose. Did somebody hear what I'm saying? So the belt of truth is the consciousness of the fact that he loves you. If a believer, hear me everybody, if a believer loses this consciousness, all others will fall apart. You see that love? You say, why are you telling us every time, Pastor, God loves me, God loves me? Because that's what is holding everything. It is because he loves you, you are short of salvation. Helmet of salvation. It's because he loves you, you know you are righteous. It's because he loves you, you can preach the gospel. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So the love of God is what holds every other thing. So what is the enemy trying to do? So, so this is the belt. This is the belt. The purpose of the attack is to losing the belt. Uh, but the believer is stopping the enemy from touching the belt. Don't touch my consciousness of his love for me. That's what you are saying. Every day, oh, no money, no money, no money, no money, no money. If God loves me, even me, I care for my own little ones. How can God say he loves me and he's just leaving me like that? Maybe you lack wisdom. It's not God. No money, no money, no money, no money, no money. And before you know it, from no money, no money, no money, he doesn't love me, he doesn't love me, he doesn't love me. That is spiritual attack. It's not when Satan does, wah. That's that's not it. It's 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 not when you have nightmare. Blood of Jesus. No, 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 no. That's not necessary. I see this one. That's not, when, that's not when you have spiritual attack. Spiritual attack is when you begin to doubt his love for you. Look at your devil and say, he loves me all the time, all the time. All the time, God loves me. Tell yourself, he loves me all the time. So what does Satan want? He wants to pull that consciousness away from you. So he's not telling the truth here. The weapon here is the belt of truth which is grace and truth came. And that truth is the grace of God. That God is always gracious to me. 
So Satan comes to tell you. But you know you are not consistent. You know you are wearing the armor. Now hear this. The purpose of the attack is to make you responsible. If you are ahead of me, you will get it. Yeah. The purpose of the attack is to make you responsible. But the one who knows how to hold the armor knows that he's not responsible. Don't go and tweet it because nobody will understand what you are tweeting if you are not in my message. That grace makes you not responsible. Dr. Phil. I'll start start getting a lot of messages and calls. Pastor, what are you teaching your people? My people know what I'm teaching them. Grace, this belt of truth is trying to make you responsible for consistency. Responsible for faithfulness. But because you are wearing the armor of God, not the armor of the believer, what do you do? You deflect. So the, the attack comes to you. You don't, you don't stay and be responsible. Yes, it's true. Was I faithful? Was I really consistent? No, 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 no. You say, ask Jesus. Is he consistent? Is he faithful? Is he gracious? Has he always been faithful to me? Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? So when you hold it, and you are, because some of you have lost the consciousness of God's love for you because of what you are doing. And you all of a sudden have moved it to God doesn't love me. Satanic attack. It is always best when you rely on his competence than your competence. Because it is in relying in his competence that you become competent. Oh yes. You know the one who something is brought to and something is done for has life easy and doesn't need to live life by sweating. Did you know that Saul went about looking for a donkey and while he was looking for a donkey he found a, <laughs> a prophet and when he found a prophet he found the throne. Saul went looking for a donkey. He found a prophet on his way and then found a throne. And eventually found a donkey. That's types and shadows now. But David was in the backside. David was not going to look for a throne. The throne came to look for him. That one was sustained by grace. See, let your life be that you are on the consciousness of that. He was running after you to find you. You know, there was a place Paul said that you know God, or rather, you were known by God. That it is not that you found him. He found you. If this consciousness is in your spirit, that somebody looked for you. You know that song we always do? Oh, the the overwhelming love. Oh, the... Blah, 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 blah. He says, he chased you. He's like that shepherd who had 100 sheep and did not say, because there is 99 left, may that one go. <laughs> Even that one, I've been tired of that one. <laughs> Every time, meh, meh, go, go. That's not the kind of shepherd we have. Even when you are misbehaving, when you are misbehaving, he ran and he looked for you. He picked you up, he cleaned you up. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. So why are you thinking rod is for punishment? Eh, read it. He said thy rod and thy staff, they, is com- the rod was to comfort. So when you see the rod of the shepherd is bent like this, it was to guide and to hook the small lamp from falling into the in between the, 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 the ditch. So he picks the lamp up, he takes it and he guides it. Not to be free. You know what many of us are doing? You the sheep. Bah, bah. How many times have I warned you be faithful to God? Move. What kind of pastor are you? Let the people know he loves them. Move back to Romans chapter eight. Romans chapter eight. Tell yourself, he loves me, he loves me, he loves me. 
look if, if you if you stay here in this revelation you would never you would never have esteem issues low self-esteem will never never it will never be your conversation you are, you are looking for people to always approve you nobody has told me i love you today nobody has told me he loves me today she loves me today see no phone call nothing i'm not loved no friend why is it always her that people are always coming to see or him that people are always come to see after service nobody comes to greet me after service maybe i'm not loved before you know it, you move into self-pity. And before you know it, your face is like this. Before you know it, your mind begins to race. Meanwhile, it was meeting they were having. Oh. And you thought they were sharing love. You see how your mind can travel if your mind is not renewed. You walk up past and nobody greets you. God still loves me. So, it doesn't change anything that he loves me. Whether you greet me, or you don't greet me. Whether you tell me you look good. You don't tell me, I'm loved. I'm loved by God. If anybody tells you you look wonderful, or how beautiful are your feet, or how splendid and how intelligently amazing and crafted you have been by God, fearfully and wonderfully made, whether anybody tells you or not, if anybody tells you fine and good. But husbands, you should tell your wife. Oh, that he might wash her and cleanse her by the washing of water. So the husband is, supp- is supposed to wash the wife by speaking to the wife. Say, so my wife needs to know. I need to teach her lessons. Let her know. No, she can't know if you don't talk. And that's what God has been doing. God said, Jesus said that you are clean by the words that I've spoken to you. But this is what I'm telling you. That anybody approves of you. Or nobody approves of you. You are loved. You are loved. You say, what do I have? No gift. I can't sing. I can't preach. I can't fight. I can't kick. I can't play ball. Nothing. I cannot do anything. There's nothing I can do. Second class. It's not even upper, it's lower. <laughs> See, my friend, hold that belt of truth that he loves me. Hold it, though. Are you getting what I'm saying? Hold it. Hold it. Somebody say, I'm holding it. How do you hold it? Consciousness. I'm always thinking. So I wake up in the morning, he loves me. Do you know it is this kind of person that can love others? Because you can't love if you are not receiving love. I have to look at you to know if you are deserving of my love. So it's the way you behave that I would know if I should show love to you. If you deserve it. (laughs) Oh my people. Oh, Jesus. Somebody came to my house one day and said, He's your daddy around. <laughs> I said, No, he's not. And then, and I said, Oh, cheat, man. I said, What? <laughs> All right, take, take the number down there. Ho, hit, ho, hit, ho. I'm like, Woo! I love my people, you know. You don't look at anybody and say you are deserving of my love. It is the man who has not been grounded in this belt of truth, which is the consciousness of the truth that he's loved by God, that finds it difficult to loving people and forgiving people. It takes a whole person to forgive. Are you hearing me? It takes somebody who is ground. The Bible says that if you have not loved, it means you are not perfected in love. What does that mean? It means that your ability to love is because you have been whole in love. You have become perfected in love. Offenses can't stay. 
In fact, because of this belt of truth, you are looking for who has offended you. you yes, you. Have I forgiven you? I forgive you. You are, you are moving about to forgive anybody. Love. Don't let the devil take that thing away from you. The consciousness of the fact that he loves you. He says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution? Are you persecuted? Are you in famine? Two days of famine, no food in the house. Things are tough. What is the belt of truth you must hold in that season? I'm loved. I'm loved. I know it's famine time. I know it's persecution time, but I'm loved. Hold it. Hold it. If not, you would keep yourself vulnerable to attacks. It says, on nakedness, or peril, or sword, even when they stab you physically, even when people revile you, when people speak bad against you. Have you been in the company of people who have talked about you and you know? And you have to keep up a good attitude and keep on ticking. In the face of spite, you hold love. That somebody has spited you, somebody has made you feel like you are rubbish. But you say I have to hold that love. That I'm loved. These things I'm teaching is not motivational speaking. No. It's the word of God. Move to the next verse. He said, as it is written, for, for your sake we are killed all day long. He said, we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Paul was quoting something. He says, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Through him. How are you more than conqueror? Why, why did the Bible use conquer within the context of love? It's telling you that the issue of love na battle. He says, says that we are more than conquerors through him. That, so it means that your conquering is, is using the weapon of his love. It's a weapon. That's the truth. That you are loved. You know, I just feel as I'm talking right now, people are, there is, there is a, there is a, how do I put, dispelling of negative emotions. Of people's hearts. The way I've spoken tonight, I mean this morning, if your heart is ready to receive, you would not have anything in you to contain hate. You can't. You, see, you can't. No matter what the person did to you. Did you see the video of that boy who forgave the white woman that killed in America, that, that killed his brother? That thing is not common. But the gospel makes it common. You know, it's easy to interpret the gospel when it is somebody else's story. You, 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 you have people you don't like to talk to. I'm talking to you. They say, oh, let the love of God reign in your heart. Oh God, what are you, 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 don't go too far. I'm not saying in Germany. I'm saying in your, your neighborhood, around you, your friends, around you, around That there is somebody around your space that you are struggling, you are avoiding. The Bible says, if it is possible, live peaceably. Hebrews chapter 12 tells you, he says, he says, without holiness, no man shall see God. And it's not saying that if you are holy, or if you are not holy, you can't see God. That's not what he's saying. He's saying that without <laughs> your display of holiness, nobody will see God in you. Go and read it very well. Scriptures that have plagued religious people to say, Pastor, the Bible says, without holiness, no man shall see God. Your deepness in the voice does not make it more true than it is. If it's not true, it's not true. Without holiness, no man shall see God, 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 God. <laughs> no. 
don't have time. I don't have time today. Maybe on Wednesday or something. He said, yet in all these things. Somebody say, yet. I want you to shout the yet. Shout it. Say, yet. Yet in all these things, we are more. You are more than conquerors because you conquer nothing. You are standing on what he has done for you. Verse 38. He said, for I am persuaded. Ha! When Paul gets to that point and he begins to say, I'm persuaded, he, he knows what he's saying. He says, for I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers. You know, the Bible says, for we wrestle not against principalities and powers. He's saying all these things again. He says, I'm persuaded that neither death, whether it is death, whether it is life, whether it is enjoyment, whether it is suffering, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. Move to the next verse. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, nothing, nothing, nothing. So how do you resist this devil? It is you going about knowing that he's gracious to you. God is gracious to me. You go for a contract, they deny you. What is your comment? Not nawao. God is gracious to me. He's mindful of his servant. See, I'm teaching you how to respond in the evil day. Evil day. Evil day. That, there's a reason for weapon. Weapon is when there's battle or when there's a wrestling. So when things are going off, how do you respond? With this consciousness that you tell yourself, he's gracious to me and he loves me. Number two. I'll probably end in number two or three. I can't do all of them. Breastplate of righteousness. Mm. (laughs) This is breastplate of righteousness. Have I taught you before that if you are in Christ, you are already righteous? So why is the Bible says put on? Consciousness. Consciousness. That even if you are righteous positionally in Christ already, if you don't have the consciousness, you can never stand bold. You know the Bible says the righteous is as bold as a lion. Do you know why people are not bold in church? Because they feel they are not righteous enough. What is the attack? See, this man is wearing breastplate. What is this enemy trying to do? Now, the breastplate is protecting something, right? So, he sees that there is a breastplate. He's not trying to throw a punch. But now, the dynamic of the wrestling has changed. It is him trying to remove it. But the one who doesn't even have it in the first place, easy kill. Easy kill for the devil. He just keeps blowing you. That is, they have never heard that they are the righteousness of God in Christ. Which is the first thing the gospel tells you. That when you got saved, the, the way to start growing in the faith is to feed on the grace of God. You know, I've shared this thing with you in First Peter. That that's, that's, that's Um, that babes should take milk and that milk is the grace of God. You know, I've I've taught you that before. So, if a baby is not taking milk, which is the grace of God, what what has the baby been eating? So, a believer is 12 years old in the faith. 12 years old in the faith. He's been born again when you were a teenager. For some, before you were even born. But, he has never known that he was the righteousness of God in Christ. He never knew that he was righteous. The pastor never said it. When you open the scripture to read it, you never saw it in the Bible. That you are the righteousness of God. What were you learning? So I said, baby, what were you eating? Crab. Not milk. That has configured your digestive system to something else. So the purpose of this enemy is to pull this weapon out. What is the weapon? Righteousness, consciousness. Do you know when you are conscious of your righteousness? See, Satan attacks you in many phases. Firstly, he attacks you with what 
you have done. Hmm? The thing you have done. He said, can't you see what you have done? And then you are saying, oh, it's true. See what I've done. See what I've done. And before you know it, you become responsible for what you have done. Meanwhile, if you are wearing a weapon, you are not supposed to be responsible because it's not your weapon. So it's not about what I have done. So what do you do wearing breastplate? You deflect. So the accusation is, can you explain what you have done? Your mind is talking to you, but you think it's your mind. You don't know it's an attack. So your mind is saying, ha, but me, myself, see what I've done. Is pastor saying, don't be remorseful? No. But if you are remorseful, let it be on the fact that it is the goodness of God that leads to repentance. That you, you are standing on the goodness of God and how yeah. God has been good to you. That leads to your repentance. Not condemnation. Because Satan is trying to mix remorse for condemnation for you. You are eating condemnation. You think it's remorse. Don't fall in that trap. Don't. Don't ever fall in the trap of condemnation. He says, it's because I have a conscience. <laughs> it's, see, that's not the point. The point is he wants to get you in a place where he can give you a blow. And what is that place? Condemnation. And what does the scripture say? There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Does it mean you won't say I'm sorry? No. You say I'm sorry. Does it mean you don't feel bad about something? No, you do. But that you stand condemned is a different thing altogether. So Satan wants you to feel condemned. And then you deflect. So the question is, see what you have done. Your answer it's not about what I've done. It's about what he has done. So the attack comes. You deflect it with the armor. And it is the consciousness of what he has done for me. That you are thinking about. Not what I've done. So that's the first phase of attack. The second phase of attack is not just what you have done. But what you have not done. You know that one is deeper. This one catches almost everybody. What is sin? Sin is... When you are able to, he who knows what to do, and do it not, to him it is sin. Right? Everybody is there. I know what I'm supposed to do that I'm not yet doing. You think about it now. So who can be righteous? So when Satan comes to you and says, says to you, but see, you haven't, done, you haven't done this. And then you stand condemned. That's a trap. But you know the third one. The third one is even deeper. It's for spiritual people who like to feel spiritual. It's only a Yoruba word that is coming to my head. That is, it is doing you. So this is the attack that you have, you know, it is what you have done. The first attack. Second attack, what you have not done. Third one, what you have not done enough. Oh, pastor, I, you see, I've been praying, but it's because I didn't pray enough. That's why. You look at you. You didn't know that you were not praying to be righteous. It was the righteous man that was praying. You were not giving to be righteous. It was the righteous man that was giving. Don't connect my giving and prayer to my righteousness. Mm. If death reigned by one, how much more we who have received the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Romans chapter 5 verse 17. Reign in life that you reign by the understanding of your righteousness. So learn how to deflect. If you are righteous, conscious, you know how to tell yourself, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. In the face of sin, in the face of weakness, in the face of difficulty, and do you know it is the consciousness of your righteousness that makes you do what is right? That's right. That's right. Is somebody hearing what I'm saying? I will teach you how sin should be dealt with by a superior mindset, not inferior mindset. I will teach you another day. Oh, hallelujah. Glory, glory to God. I'm righteous. Sir. I'm righteous. I'm the righteousness of God. He said, who shall lay a charge against God's name? The Bible says he is just in justifying. 
the unbeliever. That is, if God ever says one day that you are no longer righteous because of what you have done, he ceases to be God. Because it was an oath. You don't understand. That he, God negates everything Christ has done by looking at a believer and saying the believer is not righteous. God says that the work of my son that I accepted, now lie, I be they lie before. And God who cannot lie, he said by two immutable things, which is impossible for God to lie. What are the two things? The promise and the oath. That his promise was enough. He says a word, you just, just believe it. But if he had to swear, it is double believing. That he swore on top. He looked at Jesus when he died. He says, this day have I begotten you. This day. So there is a difference between this is my only begotten son and this day when he was in that three days in hell, in Hades. He said, this day have I begotten you. It's not the same. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. As he came, he was born. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. He was born. But the day Jesus rose up from the dead, he said, this day have I begotten you. It was a new fabrication entirely. He said, this day have I begotten you. It means that the Jesus who rose is not the one who died. He said, this day. So, God looked at darkness. No time. God looked at darkness and he fabricated life from darkness. God didn't bring life into... You don't understand what I'm saying. He didn't introduce something into the darkness to bring something out of the darkness. No. He took the darkness and brought life out of it. There was no fabrication like that. So Satan thought he had won. How is God going to pass with this one now? That it is complete death. Spiritual death. And God says, this is the last joker. He picks darkness. And therefore the Bible calls Jesus the first begotten from the dead. That he picks darkness. So he's the first begotten. You were begotten from there. And that's why I teach that you are hell tested. Do you understand? That's why I tell you that you are hell tested. That where you are coming from is what you shouldn't be afraid of. So that breastplate of righteousness is your consciousness. Sorry. Come and take my iPad because if I talk like this now, we'll just continue talking. But the last one, I must say this one. Shutting your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. I will continue on this one on Wednesday. But let me give you the introduction. That you shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. The Bible did not say, be prepared for the gospel of peace. I'm waiting for somebody to catch it. Though. The scripture didn't say, be prepared for the gospel, to proclaim the gospel. He said, put on Shod your feet with the preparation. That is what you are wearing is prepared in itself. You are wearing something that is prepared. You are not the one that is prepared. You are putting on... How beautiful are the feet of those that declare good tidings. You are not trying to look into your life to see how beautiful it is before you go and declare good tidings. Oh, you just got it, yeah. Oh, pastor, my life is not beautiful, so therefore I don't qualify to preach. No, 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 no. For we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the excellency of the power is of God and not of us. So the attack on this shutting your feet with the preparation of the gospel is an attack of immobilization. That it immobilizes you from moving because you are not ready. So, because you think your life doesn't qualify to say to somebody else, Jesus loves you. You are stuck. You can't do ministry. You can't do anything. You are waiting for the day you feel ready to be used by God. Not knowing that the preparation and the enthusiasm is in the gospel itself. 
It is in the message itself that he has given to you the word of reconciliation. I don't remember that scripture I shared where I talked about the fact that the, the enthusiasm, the prepared, the, the, it's in the gospel. It's in the gospel itself. I can't remember that scripture now. I've probably shared it on Wednesday. Stop looking at your life to see how beautiful it is before you tell somebody God loves you. Have you do you know that God has used somebody who was smoking to preach the gospel to another person and the person got saved? Pastor Phil did not say that that's the standard of sharing the gospel. No, I didn't say so. I didn't say that you should leave yourself now, go and look for cigarettes and begin to smoke or hold a bottle to drink and then you now... No, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm telling you that the preparation is not about you. Hallelujah. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wise of the enemy. He loves me all the time. I'm always righteous. He loves me all the time. I'm always righteous. If you don't arm yourself with this truth, you would be in perpetual defeat, mentally, emotionally, psychologically. I'm telling you. I see a lot of people who are, you know, a bit unstable mentally and even psychologically and emotionally. And that's because they have not armed themselves with this truth that they are loved and that they are righteous. It's powerful. Just bow down your heads wherever you are. This concludes this message. Thank you for listening. And for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash standpointabj, twitter.com slash standpointabj, instagram.com slash standpointabj, and on soundcloud.com slash standpointabj.